<laughs> I said, was that funny? Why was it funny? I don't know. What was what? What was what funny? Oh, you laughed. I was... Did I? Mm-hmm. Oh. <clears throat> Do it. Yeah. Jump. How's it going? Let's go. How's it going, eh? It's going pretty good. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah. Uh, Welcome to the show, notice. everyone. And by every man, I mean, you know. <laughs> you know, whoever. The, the three people. Whatever. <laughs> right. Welcome to the show. It's all about the 80s, the awesomest music in the land. <laughs> Plus the other times and topics that we talk about. Oh, hopefully not the 80s, though. <laughs> let's, uh, I'm James. Let's stay away from that. <laughs> I'm Marcus. It's just called. It's just called Two Brothers. Uh, you're doing it every time now. No, there's no room for jokes. What? These are all jokes. <laughs> the, we, this is the show being the prime. Yeah, something, something. <laughs> I have the beholder. Example. Zing. Um, all right then. Or yeah. maybe that's ear of the beholder. Wait, it can't be a beholder. There's got to be some Dungeons and Dragons uh, creature that's all uh, ears. Right. Yeah, instead yeah, yeah. Of, all well, eyes. I at work uh, have a coworker who is, just loves the '80s soundtrack, uh, '80s playlists. Uh, yeah, and I'm just so over it. The I'm just over it. That's all. Does he, he go? He? She? He? She? Because uh, <laughs> she's a little younger than me, but um, she. Uh, it, it's just '80s playlists are so often the same. 50 basic songs over and over and yes. over again. I do, I do not need to hear them anymore. And <laughs> um, if the, if there's something obscure, there was a, there was a weird channel at uh, my store in Silver Lake where um, it was sort of uh, uh, not two tone, but uh, sort of early ska and um, new wave. Um, hmm. Not, yeah, B-sides and lesser-known sort of semi-hits. <laughs> yeah, I hesitate <laughs> to call them hits. In that specific yeah. genre, yeah, they're a hit. Uh, but in, in in early ska? Yeah, yeah. yeah it's sometimes. Huh. Mm-hmm. Two-tone ska, um, new wave, uh, or that sort of time period. Um, yeah. But uh, not, you know, <laughs> say, madness. <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, that you would... Definitely no. One step beyond. I don't know that I ever, um, I don't think I knew about ska, mm-hmm. at least as a genre, until about the year 2000. Right. Um, one, of my, one of my high school students uh, put me hip to Real Big Fish and, um, and that, oh, and that really genre. Ska, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Right? I'm uh, pretty sure. Uh. They got the trombone. They got the sort of reggae beat. Yeah. That's all there is. <laughs> <laughs> But, <laughs> but some people who are into ska would say, yeah. "Real big all the, fish." All the all posers, the, <laughs> all the aquatic-based 
bands, Fishbone, New League Fish, uh, <laughs> Hot Tuna. Hey, uh, that reminds me of an episode of uh, my, my uh, I'll, I'll call it my favorite episode, which is the only full episode of Portlandia that I ever watched, huh. um, where uh, <laughs> they, were, they were doing a, a bit about um, Bart Skompson, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, so Matt Groening sued him. Uh, for for stealing his stuff, did you see that one? I did not. Hmm. And he, the guy, I, uh, what's his name? The the originator? Uh, not the originator. Good grief. The the main guy of the pair, the man of, um, <laughs> of the duo that does Portlandia from uh, SNL. Fred Armisen. Fred Armisen. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you. Um, was this uh, character who was? He said he came up with all the all the Simpsons stuff, which mm-hmm. is to say Bart Scomson before, right. uh, before Matt Groening. Yeah. So it was a, a court battle and Matt Groening did a cameo. It was good. Nice. Um, Maybe put it in the show notes. <clears throat> Portlandia is good in small doses yeah. here and there. I find I, I'd, I'd rather wait for other people to send me skits generally. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, the first season is pretty good. Um, but I started watching multiple shows in a row, and I just I, I can't stand it anymore. Yeah, I'm I'm there. <laughs> uh, a it's kind of like SNL, mm-hmm. uh, in the sense that a whole show it really gets grinding by yes. the end. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's like yes, I get it. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> There's weirdos there. Fine, <laughs> but. But um, some of it is mean spirited, and, and it makes me uncomfortable. I, I don't, All right, I don't like uh, very much of that type of comedy. Um, sometimes, if the target is right, I think it can work. Um, you know, if your if your target for a, a mean spirited piece are themselves mean spirited or you know jerks or terrible, then that can work for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it does sort of wear me down, and I don't want to. I don't want to. I just don't want to go there. That's that's a little like. Uh, I think Seinfeld can sometimes go there. <gasps> I know. And shame uh, on you. And, um, wait, um, uh, sh- hush, shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, it's a little. It's like a, in a similar vein as his complaints that. Um, he, Colleges, you know, are not the the bastions of free speech they once were, because people are not, you know, laughing at his jokes en- enough. <laughs> like, all right, old man, <laughs> just we got a chair for you. Just come over here and sit down. <laughs> yeah, you don't. You as the joke teller don't get to be the arbiter. I think have we beat this to death yet? Of you uh... don't get to be the arbiter of what's funny to other people. Other people will just laugh yeah. at the funny stuff. You're going to yeah. have to come up with better material. <laughs> <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> uh, but I, nobody wants to accept that they're a dinosaur, but sometimes you are. Mm-hmm. And, and you don't have to be. Some you know, people remain vibrant for their George Carlin career. comes to mind. Who? George Carlin. Oh, George Carlin. Yeah. Springs to mind. George Carlin. Or did he just keep the same audience and uh, age with them? Um, I think a as lot, far as but the majority. He, he, he started to do more rants. Yeah. Uh, and the, uh, <laughs> by, by turn, his, uh, misanthropy started to wear on me. 
And I just, uh, I get tired of that. It's like, I get that. He, yeah. I know you think humanity is terrible and our worst impulses are indulged at every turn. But I don't think that is, you know, I don't think that's who we are. It's just a part. Okay. Well, let me, let's bring this back to SNL in a sense that mm-hmm. um, if, if it doesn't, let's see, it wouldn't survive if it didn't find new audiences that hadn't heard a lot of that stuff or experienced a lot of that stuff already. It wouldn't survive more than, say, 50 years if you're, if you start young. So, but, I mean, George but it can Carlin survive evolved, a long certainly. time on the same with the same audience just following you through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if they're loyal, look at the Grateful Dead. That's what I was going to say. Cue oh, some okay. Grateful Dead music. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. and, and sometimes like those people bring their kids, and their kids are into it. Um, Rush yeah. is the same. Rush, you know, gets their their old fans mm. brought their kids to the shows. Mm. But interesting. But the Grateful Dead did not change very much. Their no. style didn't change very much, whereas Rush no, they, always they, changed. Mm-hmm. They they took what was new and tried to incorporate it into what they did, and then they just moved on. And sometimes they mm-hmm. um, reached back to their roots and you know reassessed and were reborn. Um, but uh, they always, uh, to, as they themselves said, you know, tried to move um, somewhere. Mm-hmm. They, they were obsessed with not remaining the same type of band. Yeah, yeah. Same, They're same interested in, in uh, exploring, yes. and they all th- all three are, um, we'll say, uh, virtuosic musicians. Um, well, they yeah. I mean, they were dedicated. Certainly, Getty and yeah, Neil and Alex is a different mm-hmm. kind of guitar player. He's not a flashy sort of player he stays, <laughs> stays I, I think he in was that, yeah er, but, early on but um in the sort of jimmy page vein where it's this uh self-taught sloppy style <laughs> where he got very fast but what you know yeah. <laughs> i don't think it reached a virtuosic level where he right. uh, maybe in different ways because where he hmm. shines i've got a whole article planned that i <laughs> that I uh, <laughs> have basically been working on some outlines and ideas for um, in praise of, you know, him as a guitar player mm-hmm. because he is highly praised by fans, um, but uh, not as much generally, I think. He's not mm-hmm. thought of generally as a virtuoso. Yeah. And where he shone and where he um, was best was when um, – or was as the uh, color to the texture that the others provided. Mm-hmm. So he sat between the two and filled in gaps everywhere. Yeah, uh, and yeah, it's amazing what three people can can do. I, I, sure. I'm uh, continually amazed by. Mm-hmm. But uh, he didn't try to compete with with their right. uh, technical displays uh, as much as he tried to serve the song. Um, mm-hmm you know, making those players, the, the, the rhythm section as it were, right. Balanced out in other ways. So he, mm-hmm. he was a counterpoint to that type of stuff. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, and which so is very con- unusual. Yeah. Because of the, uh, you mentioned the rhythm section. Um, I mean, Neil is more and more 
evolved into a melodic um, a melodic component, mm-hmm. a not just um, not just rhythm, right? Uh, which is which is amazing, and why he, why he's amazing. Um, and then Getty w- <laughs> playing the playing his an awesome bass part and <laughs> playing the keys with his <laughs> with his feet, the controllers, and sometimes with his nose, which they both he and <laughs> Alex both did. It's yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, and yeah, singing um, at the same time. Uh, right, right. So. Yeah, very that takes a lot of coordination. Uh, indeed, very very interesting uh, creativity amongst the three of them. Yeah. to to uh, to match so well and be mm-hmm. as you say, be in service to the songs. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that musicianship uh, shines through, but it's a different. He became Alex, that is, became interested in a different kind of playing because um, I think <laughs> he didn't want to like three people trying to all be virtuosos ends up being a different kind of band yeah so always he's the ringo of rush (laughs) in a way i guess in a way but kind of yeah yeah um (laughs) he was the funny one so he's maybe the george (laughs) (laughs) which is appropriate anyway i I was the funny one (laughs) what's um what's on the agenda What's happening? Well, I was going to, I was, uh, what did I watch? I watched Apollo 13 the other day, about oh. a week ago. Uh, an excellent movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and um, I was struck by, uh, I'm struck. I wasn't struck, but I, <laughs> I thought about how much. Um, Eureka! Uh, <laughs> how much I like Tom Hanks. And, and if that's talking about low-hanging fruit. <laughs> you know, everybody loves Tom Hanks pretty much. What do you do? <laughs> so, but I, but Somebody I, likes but, Tom Hanks. But um, let's see. I, I was thinking about his, his love of typewriters, and I've seen and heard him talk about typewriters. He's a collector of vintage typewriters. Really? Uh, well, typewriters are by their very nature now vintage. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he has this marvelous collection. Um, people send him typewriters. He, he finally said, please stop sending me typewriters. I have, <laughs> you know plenty uh and he collects he has like one of nearly every typewriter every ever made by now i'm sure mm-hmm. um and they did a i think it was a cbs this morning or some or 60 minutes perhaps uh did an interview uh, a piece with him and they went to a, a a typewriter shop one of the sort of few remaining typewriter repair shops in the in the country mm-hmm. and you know he stepped in there and he's like ah this is this is the the greatest you know but it, but then he looked on the shelves uh have it, have it, have it, have it, have it. Don't have this one. Hmm. And you know, he's talking about it. But I, but I know it's. Uh, I have one. Let's say it's something like you know. I have the year before this or something along those lines. Weird. Have it, have it, have it. Yeah. And um, he just talks about his his love of the the tactile nature, um, the sort of visceral uh, feeling he gets from writing on an actual typewriter <laughs> versus the the computer, um, especially now with the you know you're just on a touch screen most of us nowadays um and then the the keyboards that we do have are getting uh thinner and thinner keys more toward just a touch screen type um so you're you're in in order to make the machine itself thinner mm-hmm. the keys and the key presses are are um shallower or mm-hmm. non-existent right. so uh so he i i like i liked when our uh, our grandparents had a typewriter um, way back when, and it was one 
that uh, you could, if you push too many keys too quickly, <laughs> the, um, the the key bars would stick together. Yeah. And that was kind of fun to sort of un- unstick them from each other. And it was like a little pickup sticks puzzle right. that you could release, and then you could go ahead and type. And we were, yeah, I didn't know how to type. Uh, <laughs> we, it was just well, gibberish. We, yeah, we hunt, hunted and pecked. Yeah. Um, so, but I, I'd heard that uh, as a side note, the the reason they entered the, they invented the QWERTY uh, keyboard was because people could type too fast otherwise. Uh-huh. Um, and so they tried to make it a little more random because at the time the uh, typing skills were outperforming the the, the typewriter's mechanics. Mm-hmm. Um, so they had to they had to slow that down for a while until I I guess the IBM Selectric was was one of the first electric typewriters or maybe the first. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they could and then they had that that rotating ball rotating sphere. Right. That's the type I learned on in high school typing class. Now they call it keyboarding. And then you learn to type on a uh, computer. Do they? Indeed. I had no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. so then I, um, in prep for the show, I was going to talk about that. And then it <laughs> turns out he's he's made an app in, in conjunction with a company mm-hmm. called the called Hank's Writer, <laughs> uh, H-A-N-X, right. um, where you can uh, simulate actual typewriters on your on your device on your computer mm-hmm. um including the look and sounds of the authentic typewriter that you select so he's got several to choose from hmm. so <laughs> and it displays the 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 fonts as well um from those typewriters so kind of kind of fun all right then if you're into that sort of thing i just i i remember um just continually asking if I could use the typewriter and typing out. Mm. I, but I have no idea what I typed. Yeah. <laughs> Nonsense. Um, yep. Joke. <laughs> because it was yeah, so slow, could, that was part of it. Right. If we could resurrect those old uh, ribbons, yeah. we'd be able to piece it all back together. It's funny. There's a... I wish I could remember the author. There's a... There's a... It's not, it's not a science fiction story. It's a fantasy story, but not the sort of sword and sorcery Lord of the Rings fantasy Mm-hmm. about um, uh, an angel who displeases uh, God or the high angel one. And so they, uh, the, like one of the head angels gets the idea that he wants to try this experiment that he heard about from Earth where, uh, you know, a, a thousand monkeys typing at a thousand typewriters mm-hmm. type for uh, X years, they would eventually produce the completed works of Shakespeare. <laughs> yeah. so, so they said, okay, you're in charge of that. And this angel oversees the operation of all these monkeys <laughs> just randomly typing at the time. <laughs> <laughs> you uh, cue the, the uh, Mr. Burns show, showing Homer his mansion. This is a thousand monkeys working at a thousand typewriters. Soon, they'll have written the greatest novel known to man. Let's see. It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. You stupid monkey. You shut up. All right. <laughs> um, so, uh, that, uh, there's a line in there. Uh, it's, I don't know if I should spoil it or not. There's a line about... Um, there's a line about keys sticking, so it's just every time a typewriter comes up, I think of that story. It's the I read it in high school 
from uh, <laughs> joined the science fiction fantasy book club, mm-hmm. and uh, I got I forget what books I got. It was that um, like I think it was a it was a two volume set called Galactic Empires, which seemed mm-hmm. a good deal because those came together, and um, a James Tiptree Jr. book and Harlan Ellison's Stalking the Nightmare, and a couple of other things that I don't remember. Uh, that I've probably since gotten rid of, yeah. but I yeah, still have that one because of that story. That's that's the sole reason I kept it. It's very it's very difficult to find yeah. elsewhere. Yeah, but uh, every once in a while it's kind of short, and every once in a while I like to go back and reread it because it's so evocative and wonderful. Mm-hmm. I'll mm-hmm. link it in the show notes. There you go. Oh, <laughs> the audio, <laughs> the audio of you. <laughs> A few linking things. And click. It's going to have a little, just a click sound. Tickety, tickety, tick. <laughs> um, the, before we do our music share, uh, I've got two <laughs> two things. Uh-huh. Um, semi-music share, I suppose. Uh, yesterday, we went to, uh, this is the <laughs> cue music for the Rural Report. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> we went to the, uh, I don't know, industrial farm super auction. Um, <laughs> you sent me a photo. Auctions. It didn't look like an, <laughs> the in, the scale of an industrial farm, but all right. Well, uh, industrial slash farm. Okay. Not industrial farm. I although see. I'm sure they could have. Uh, yeah, there were over a thousand lots and probably a wow. mm, Maybe a third of those were vehicles uh, of all types, you know, your cars and trucks and then tractors and mm-hmm. Um, they had three fire trucks, uh, three old, of uh, various decades. Um, I, I'm told, I was like, what, what would somebody do with a fire truck? And, um, my father-in-law, the fire chief said, oh, they'll probably logging companies will buy them because in the, uh, um, fire season, the summer, uh, they're required to have some sort of fire truck on, on site. Oh. So if they're, if they're logging a site and, you know, they start a, start a fire, they have to be able to put it out. Sure. Way out in the wilderness. So. Uh, so yeah, they'll, they'll pay a, a couple thousand <laughs> if they just for some old to fire start truck. a forest fire. They, yeah, they have well, to be yeah. able to put it out as one does. <laughs> it's just you know, sadly. Oh, did it again! Uh, dang, Charlie, <laughs> fire up the truck. Yeah. So in our um, where, where we're going to be living, uh, the county has said it's extreme fire danger mm-hmm. uh, right now. So no, absolutely no burning of any kind. Um, and you can't. Uh, one of the restrictions you can't mow uh, dry grass. So uh, if you haven't gotten your your hay in, you're SOL at this point. Huh. Um, so what's the so, fire danger of mowing dry grass? Uh, well, you know, it's uh, spinning pieces of metal. So it's theoretically you start a, a spark or you're, you're driving an engine over dry grass. So in theory, you know, uh, if a, a spark could easily light it up. And Has that pushed. ever happened? I'm sure it happens quite often. Really? I'm, yep. Yep. I've never heard of that as a cause of That's, a fire. Yes. Well, we haven't lived in, uh, <laughs> in, in, in rural areas for, for long. Maybe a brush fire that wouldn't make the news or something. Yeah. No, it's, they, they, they start. And people usually are able to put them out or mm-hmm. their fields are isolated enough yeah. that they don't go past their own fields. But, right. yeah, it, it happens uh, fairly frequently, I guess. Yep. So it doesn't take much. Yeah. Climate change, even in the pack new. 
Yeah, for sure. Uh, it is um, not here on the coast. It's very, very nice out. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I was pushing a hundred yesterday. Amazing. Over in the, in the on the I five corridor. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know so. in Portland it gets uh, up at a hundred. So mm-hmm. it's just mm-hmm. the difference <laughs> between there and here. Uh, it yeah. cools down to sixty at night. So right. Yeah. <laughs> It's very, it's very weird to me, <laughs> those those swings. It's yeah. Like, oh, it's a hundred everywhere at some point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Some people say, "Big deal, it gets a hundred here," or "Ooh, <laughs> yeah. it's gonna get hot." Uh-huh. Um, yeah, that's nice. <laughs> so our your your high of a hundred was our low in <laughs> yes. in Phoenix uh, <laughs> yeah. overnight. So yeah. yeah, it doesn't cool down to fifty five. Uh, no, it's one hundred and ten in the day, and it's one hundred and two at night. Right. Yes, which, right. which is super uncomfortable. Roasty. It's hard to live. Yeah. We, um, you know, it, we were out, it was about 80 here, uh, as I say, near the coast. Um, mm-hmm. When it's not, when it's not overcast, we don't have the, yeah. the marine layer. It gets pretty warm in the sun, but you can open up the windows and, you know, yeah. on the shady side and get a cross breeze and it's, you know, it's mm-hmm. certainly bearable. Yeah. Whereas uh, in, in Phoenix or, or even in, um, the Inland Empire or something, you know, you got to have air conditioning. Yeah. Otherwise, it's uh, it's oh, right. It's very and, horrible. And not to take away from the misery of people in uh, Louisiana, but um, no, it's a different it's a different situation when it's uh, super high humidity. That's that's mm-hmm. a separate animal in itself. Where the <laughs> Cue, air is so thick. Cue a clip of uh, Krusty's Cayman Islands agent. <laughs> 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 Oh, I'm sorry. I can't divulge information about that customer's secret illegal account. Oh, crap. I shouldn't have said it was a customer. Oh, crap. I shouldn't have said it was a secret. Oh, crap. I certainly shouldn't have said it was illegal. Ah, it's too hot today. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Uh, Yeah, that's a different thing. All right. No. Um, do we do yeah. we want to do music share and then <laughs> we're we're uh, we're cutting it fine as they say uh, yeah as in, in the word in the words of Asia uh, to to uh, baby wake time <laughs> okay to, go to, to keep rambling like this indeed um that's uh hey did you buy anything at the auction did I ask did you say oh I totally... uh, we we got we got a, a compound miter saw of course as oh. one one does nice. Uh, so oh, I want one uh, of those. Yeah, yeah, it was like sixty bucks. Yeah. Um, the, That's pretty good. If it's a nice yeah. brand, what who, what brand? Uh, oh, it's a tradesman. It's uh, it's an off brand, but hmm. um, but in good shape. Don't know them so, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but <laughs> but sixty bucks. Of, yeah. <laughs> what can you, what are you gonna do? Right. It was, it's in good shape. It works. I've uh, got it home and mm-hmm. and um, it, it is in uh, good working order. What will so, you do with it? Uh, Megan's going to build a chicken coop. Okay. Um, I'm helping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so that's, that's one thing that's on the spit for sure. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's the first order of business with that. Yeah. We're, um, I'm gearing up to sell possessions in prep for the move. Um, my surfboard and wetsuits are top of the, top of the, of the list. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my, I'm selling my table saw because I don't want to move that thing, and I have nowhere to put it. Mm. The, the new mm-hmm. apartment, yeah. new, the new apartment is 536 square feet, and yeah. uh, plenty of things have to go. Are there, there are no balconies, right? It's not a. It's yeah. they call it a Juliet balcony. But <laughs> in all honesty, uh, in all honesty, it's a, a tiny wedge of 
I don't know, a glass or acrylic or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That I am a little afraid of the cat slipping through. I don't know how it's going to work. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Like if we have the door open, I'm, um, I'm not sure if we uh, can just leave that open down there. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I, I don't know, it's weird. A proper Juliet balcony, of course, uh, allows you to theoretically stand on it. One person, you know, mm-hmm. can can theoretically stand on it, even if it's not practical to do so. Like, right. there's not very much room. But mm-hmm. this, eh, it's really just a slider. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty cool. But, yeah. it's a The apartment is basically a long box with right. a glass wall at the end. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so nice. Uh, yeah, it looks. I, I wouldn't have uh, expected there to be any kind of balcony or even mm-hmm. um, the even an opening for a window. <laughs> uh, yeah. not, uh, an opening window uh, right. was not uh, on my list of. From of the street, it looks fairly flat. The surface of the yeah. building, but there is yeah. a there is a there is a little bit of a, a wedge there. So mm, very interesting. Mm-hmm. Very. Oh, I thought so. Indeed. But anyway, uh, yeah. Okay, no, so no so what no music? Uh, <laughs> what music were you gonna? Sure there. Well, I, I randomly came across Michael McDonald this uh-huh. week. <laughs> That's my uh, horrible Michael McDonald Indeed. impersonation. <laughs> Got to clean that up. Yeah, sorry. Uh, <laughs> Insert clip of, of uh, stereotypical Michael D- McDonald. Yeah, the family or, guy. Yeah. No, the family, that's a good one. All right, guys, it's going to be a long night of Border Patrol, so I brought along Michael McDonald to help us out. How's he going to help us? He's going to do backup vocals for everything we say. How's he going to know What's what we're saying? How's he going to know what we're saying? Is he going to do it for all yes, of us? Yes, he's going to do it for all of us. Yeah, I hired him for the night. Yeah, it costs like two fifty an hour, so don't skip on the conversation. Hours, so don't skip on the conversation. That sounds nice. <laughs> um, so, and I do... I, 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 apologize in a sense because i do uh, enjoy some michael mcdonald yeah he's it's another not, one in, uh, in, in small yeah. doses he's he's wonderful yeah because if you aren't a regular listener i suppose um you forget how very good he he is mm-hmm. and or was mm-hmm. uh because <laughs> those those velvet glissandos <laughs> yeah uh they uh, uh they're they're unique did he start with the Doobie Brothers? He, I believe, had been doing session work before that. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I think by the time of the Doobies, he was already going gray. <laughs> and he, he started <laughs> long doobies. before that. Yeah. But, um, but he was in demand, you know, as a vocalist, mm-hmm. and especially a backup singer, um, yeah. because of his accuracy and tone. Uh, and yeah. it's, you can, he can layer himself upon himself, <laughs> uh, and sound magical. It's just fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Donald Fagan and Walter Becker realized this, um, you know, and put his voice to good use to, I did to, not know to that, understate uh, the case that he on, was with, uh, Donald Fagan. Fagan. Steely Dan. I did not know that. He's, he's the, he's, he's the centerpiece of, of Peg. What? Yeah. Uh, I got to go listen to that again, and then I will slap myself in the back of the head. Man, you need to watch the classic albums uh, of Asia. Uh-huh. And I think it's just uh, the, the Peg uh, segment, particularly. Yeah. It's, that's, uh, that's great. And they um, maybe I'll put the clip of that here. Oh, he did a couple parts on, on top of himself. All in 3D. 
check his out his high part just to embarrass him. Cool. Back to you. Back, back to you. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. There it is. Total ears too. All in 3D. So that's uh, <laughs> layered, you know, those background vocals layered and him, you know, just just repeating the lines, but in a different mm-hmm. pitch, you know, a different, yeah. a different harmonic line. It's just been a while. Probably harmonizing with heard... yourself is not easy. No, certainly and, not. And never mind doing it in those weird, you know, Steely Dan fat jazz chords. Mm-hmm. I, it's been a while since I listened to Peg while knowing, um, let's see, knowing who Michael McDonald was mm-hmm. is uh, yeah. I- instantly recognizable now to me, mm-hmm. but I haven't heard Peg in a while, I suppose. Yeah. But I don't necessarily pay attention to um, things that are going on around me. <laughs> <laughs> so all that to so. say, I, uh, <laughs> I just... Uh, I, I, I enjoyed, as you say, I enjoy him in small doses. I, I, I yeah. enjoy his singing. Um, mm-hmm. I, he's a great, uh, he's a great vocalist, um, mm-hmm. and a, mm-hmm. and a good keyboard player. Like a, I don't, I don't yeah. know if I'd say great, but certainly yeah. a, uh, a a really good musician overall. He's he's sort of like it reminds me of um, Glenn Campbell, uh, in, hmm. in that sense that uh, you know he was a session guy, yeah. and um, you know, and then had his own career uh, right. after that. You know. But Glenn Campbell was a virtuoso guitar player and vocalist. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Just, that's why he. I mean, that voice. Holy session, crap! Yeah. There's a there's a singer that's just mind-blowingly good. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I saw. I I didn't know because um, I just knew him from his solo career mm-hmm. uh, for the longest time. But then I saw the the uh, the great documentary, uh, The Wrecking Crew. Yeah. It is fantastic. Uh, fantastic show. People Agreed. should watch The Wrecking Crew. Yes. Um, and then it just, uh, holy crap, those guys did <laughs> stuff for everybody. But, <laughs> yeah. um, but they did a segment about uh, Glenn Campbell's right. um, contributions. And um, yeah, it was really eye-opening. I, I was um, blown away. Yeah, if you don't know, uh, that's, uh, if you only know him from uh, Wichita Lineman and mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. by the time I get to Phoenix and uh, Rhinestone Cowboy and such, then yeah, that's, you, you go, Whoa. <laughs> Good actor too. And it, yeah, this the the whole Renaissance package. Indeed. So there's that, and um, yeah. you have a you have a share. Yeah, yeah. Um, I guess we were both uh, sort of not reminiscing, but just sort of randomly <laughs> thinking about stuff we we knew when mm-hmm. um, when when we were in high school. You found you were heavily into heavy metal. Um, I was. In, uh, <laughs> and you found a band from, I, I'm assuming Scandinavia. I don't know exactly where they're from, but the band called TNT. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was only available as an import. Their, I don't remember the album. Was it just their uh, their namesake? Um, what do you oh. mean? The album, the album title? Was it just the you... name? Was it just TNT? Yeah. I think it's Tell No Tales. Ah, okay. TNT, Tell No Tales. Uh, very clever, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> well, they did that for a bunch of their albums that, that, okay. that did the acronym, acronym uh, thing. Uh, that's a shame. Uh, <laughs> but, but um, yeah, they, they, you know, they were cool at the time. And uh-huh. they, the particular piece that they did, um, Deadly Metal. Yeah. 
if you could find it. I, I'm pretty sure I was able to find it on, on YouTube. Um, huh? <laughs> wait, 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 that's not that album. That That's a later album. The, the, oh. the album you're thinking of is Knights of the New Thunder. That's oh, yeah. That, that makes sense. Uh, that strikes a chord. That mm-hmm. that makes me remember. Yes. <laughs> so I think they're little. I think they're Norwegian, Nor Norwegian. I think. Yeah. Okay. So the I think the band is Norwegian, but the singer is American. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I mean sometimes those guys can sing with no accent or not um, mm-hmm. much of a recognizable accent. So yeah. I didn't know. No. All right. He's, he's like a he's like a gritty New Yorker. I think yeah. <laughs> that 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 type. <laughs> Um, well, the 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 most um, <laughs> laughable yet um, uh, bow downable <laughs> moment at the end, uh, where he just hits that super high note, uh-huh. uh, yeah, on his on his cadenza. <laughs> Insert clip of that. Well, talk about 80s. 80s metal. All right. Well, uh, getting the signal to wrap it up here. <laughs> yeah. Oh, one more. Uh, Orbital is coming out with a new album uh, September. And man, am I excited for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's Orbital. Been, I th- what's that? Orbital. Orbital. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were into raves in the uh, mid to late 90s, then you know that band. But... Uh, or, or you know, what was uh, electronica at the time? Uh, they are uh, they're, they're the quintessential techno band. All right, all right. So they're what uh, you know, Kraftwerk and all the early mm-hmm. stuff um, became. So they're it's very uh, it's it's uh, I don't know it's it's pretty minimal as <laughs> as it goes, but not to the um, uh, ambient level. I would say it's a. Uh, mm-hmm. So like it's danceable, but not with, uh, you know, not the house style or club style with uh, the the lyrics and mm. Uh, mm. like the hard driving, <laughs> Narud sandstorm thing, right? Right. That's yeah, not, yeah. Um, it's a lot. It's a lot more uh, subtle in various ways, um, but they did some iconic stuff back then. Um, broke up reformed did an album broke up now they're reforming again <laughs> it's uh it's two brothers ironically hey, the, the theme uh, th- the theme music of this show maybe maybe today will be a very special uh, uh side theme <laughs> the outro but, music yeah maybe um but they uh they did they released three songs so far three new singles and i'm assuming they'll probably all be on the the new album in sub- September I guess and and two of them are really good yeah. one's okay two two are excellent and the new one just right. dropped and here is that.
Hmm. If you like that, you will you will like that band. Yeah, it makes it's me want to throw point. a light switch rave. Mm-hmm. All right. Oh, hey, speaking of light switch raves, we have eaten up enough of your time. There's uh, <laughs> there's some uh, some outdoor music of some kind. Uh-huh. <laughs> Good stuff. Good it's stuff. not recognizable, <laughs> but hey. Uh, <laughs> oh, this... if you do recognize it, then send us an email <laughs> yeah. at uh, bros at it's just called two brothers dot com. You can uh, tweet at us at ijc2b. And you blog every day at marcusharwell.com. If you it's... like Facebook, we are we are sometimes updating that page. <laughs> that it's just called twobrothers.com. No, it's a uh, it's still ijc2b, Facebook? isn't it? No, it's uh, facebook.com/slash it's just called two brothers. Okay, there you go. Okay, <laughs> that's a lot of clips. <laughs> <laughs>